You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I'm joined by Joseph Caperso, our Head of International and Sustainable Economics. Have I got that right, Joe? Yeah, you have, yeah. It's um, a bit of a mouthful, I know. (laughs) But it's important, I guess, to elevate not only the global outlook as well as the currency forecasting that you do, but the fact that we're talking so much more about sustainable research at the moment. That's right, it's certainly a growth area. It is. Now, that's not the topic for today. We're going to talk about the outlook for the global economy. Now, really, over the course of 2022, we've seen high inflation, rapidly rising interest rates by major advanced central banks. So, namely, gee, the US, Canada, New Zealand, UK, even Europe have now joined the rate hike cycle party and, of course, Australia. So I guess when we think about those situations of high interest rates and high inflation, that's really going to change the outlook for the global economy. So you've made some changes to your outlook. Yeah, we certainly have. Uh, Yet again, um, we've we've cut our outlook for the global economy. Uh, Economic growth of only 1.6% next year. Mm. Now, uh, that, uh, according to the IMF's definition of a world recession uh, if you get global growth of less than two percent uh, that's that's a world recession so look we don't often uh, get less than two uh, percent so it's um, we, we are really are predicting some uh, darker economic times ahead now obviously we had uh, the pandemic I guess global recession when we did see quite a sharp fall in global growth back in 2020 the global financial crisis uh, we also did see growth tip slightly below zero so really apart from those two situations it looks like global growth will kind of be the lowest since uh, the early 1990s but will that solve the inflation problem or are we at risk of stagflation that is the uh, $64 question. <laughs> $64. I guess with current inflation, it's probably close to the $70 <laughs> uh, question. Uh, so are we at risk of uh, stagflation? Well, I guess let's just start with what is stagflation. Yeah. Uh, it's the combination of high inflation and high unemployment. And right now, many, not all, but many countries have uh, high inflation. And most countries, in fact, I can't think of any, that's got um, anything other than low unemployment. unemployment. Mm. But unemployment is, is going to be creeping up. You'll probably see it creep up, if, if not later this year, then early next year in most of the economies that, that uh, we uh, monitor. Um, so the big question is, can the central banks get inflation down as the unemployment rate goes up? Uh, given that the central banks have been dare I say, so uh, forceful uh, this year, uh, I think there's actually a really good chance that they will avoid stagflation. So they'll be able to get yep. inflation down, maybe not as, as low as their target next year, probably the year after, as the unemployment rate goes up. 
and that will obviously help anchor inflation expectations, kind of reset wages expectations as well to, to help that inflation come down. Now, we're now going to spend some time going through the major economies that we cover. Normally, we start with the US, but I see you put China first in your report this time around. Yeah, well, China is um, probably the, the one economy where we're most uncertain about. Right. Uh, because the economic outlook in China is just so dependent on one policy, which yeah. is the, as the Chinese government calls it, dynamic clearing policy. The rest of the world calls it the zero COVID yep. policy. Um, we're all waiting to find out when that policy is going to be eased and, and eventually removed. So we're recording this on the 13th of October. So China has some important policy meetings uh, that start on the 16th of October, the National People's Congress. There was some hope that we might see some easing of policy after that. It's now looking less likely that's going to happen. That's right, because the uh, official uh, state media in China is talking up the benefits of the zero COVID policy Mm. rather than talking about the successes of the policy and how it's time to to now change it and move on and and open things up. So, yeah, it is looking less likely that they're going to remove it soon. And the risks around them not wanting to remove the policies really around the ageing population, the fact that there's still low vaccination rates for older people as well. There's also questions about the efficacy of their locally manufactured uh, vaccines as well and whether their health system is strong enough to to cope with a big increase in in sick people. So still a lot of uncertainty in China, whereas uh, we had Carol Kong from your team on uh, at a podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about the US recession and the US outlook. So you do estimate that the US economy will stall in 2022 and 2023. Obviously, the US Federal Reserve has undertaken very aggressive tightening in monetary policy. The Fed funds rates at 3% now and you expect it to go north of 4 That's right. Uh, The question is just how much above 4%. Uh, right now, policy is, you, you could say it is tight. Mm. Uh, right now in the US, it's going to get a lot tighter. Um, to control inflation. Exactly right. Uh, they need to, they increase interest rates because they want to slow growth in demand or, sl- or yep. growth in spending. And that eventually will, will filter through to weaker inflation. Uh, we do think they'll probably uh, push the cash rate up to a range of four and a quarter to four and a half percent. But the, the risk is that they increase it. Now, um, the more they increase it, the higher the risk of recession. Yep. And, uh, and it also means uh, that they will be on a rate cut cycle, um, probably later next year. That may well spill over to 2024. Now, Japan. So, I mean, I guess the situation in Japan at the moment has been much more focused on the yen, which we won't talk about today, but that's been influenced by a number of different things. The fact that uh, China, sorry, Japan's tipped their current account into deficit for the first time in many years. The strong US dollar has obviously played a role there. But what are you expecting for the Japanese economy? So Japan's economy uh, has a very low growth potential. Mm. So, so that means that in, in a good year, in fact, in a very good year, it grows 1.5% to 2%. That's yep. a great year. For Australia, that would be considered a, not a very good year. Um, and what that means is that it doesn't take much to push Japan into a recession. Yeah. Uh, so we think that if we're right about Western Europe and, and the US having recessions, then that'll probably be enough to, um, 
to push Japan into a recession as well. And our outlook for China isn't particularly rosy either, by Chinese standards. We, yeah. we do have the Chinese economy gr- picking up, assuming the COVID restrictions uh, eventually eased, but it's, it's not going to be back to the what people have bec- become known as normal economic growth, 6 we, 7 8% in that's China. That's right. Those that's days right. are over. I remember days of 10 to 12% in China. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just, just for our listeners, we've got Chinese economic growth forecast in 2023 at 4.9% and a tentative forecast for 2024 at 5.5%. Now, turning our attention to Canada, kind of very similar dynamics uh, to... Australia, very leveraged to the US economy. They've been lifting interest rates very aggressively. I think they were the first central bank to do the outsized cash rate increase. That's right. That was a bit of catch-up, I suspect. <laughs> uh, so what are we expecting in Canada and what are some of the main things to watch there? So, look, it, it's going to be – if they avoid recession, it's – well, put it this way. We think they would narrowly avoid recession. Right. Uh, so we're, I guess we're kind of hedging our bets there. Mm. Uh, we, we do think that um, – that Canada uh, does have some positives in that uh, they are one of a number of countries that have um, exposure to the sustainability trends yep. given China, uh, Canada's nat- natural resource endowments. Um, the Canadian dollar has fallen quite a bit, so that gives, you, gives them some insulation. Same as the Aussie. Exactly right, same as the Aussie economy. Uh, so, look, we're expecting growth of only about one percent in Canada next year. Right. So that's yeah. not that. F- I mean, it's it's okay. It's a lot better than going backwards by one percent. Uh, but it's it it's it is fairly uh, cutting things fairly fine to to a recession. It's not it's not that dissimilar to what we have for Australia, which is a bit over one percent too, closer to one and a half percent. Now the UK, <laughs> the UK has uh, been at the top of the news cycle. Uh, in recent weeks because of the controversial mini-budget. Yeah. They've wound back some of those fiscal expansions. Yes. So I guess they're at the balancing act of how much more would the Bank of England have to tighten interest rates to kind of counteract high inflation uh, as well as the fact that they're probably going to fall into a recession anyway. Yeah, that, that the, the energy price shock that mm. the United Kingdom and the Eurozone are facing is definitely raises the risk significantly of recession. It's very hard to get, get around that yeah. uh, prognosis, unfortunately. Um, in the UK, what you've got there is you've got the central bank trying to rein things in by increasing interest rates, yep. and you've got the new government trying to uh, bolster things. Uh, with spending increases and and tax cuts, it's probably worth it's probably worth just uh, reminding our listeners why the um, the mini budget's been so controversial. Mm. It's less so about the tax cuts, yeah, and more that what came with the tax cut package was an analysis by the Office of Budget Responsibility that shows whether those tax cuts are going to. Um, increase uh, debt unsustainably yep. or not. Because that analysis w- did not come with the tax cut package, um, mar- financial markets sort of, um, what's the old saying, shoot and uh, ask <laughs> questions later. That's more or less uh, what, what's caused yeah. the problems in UK asset markets. That's right. So we did see a big spike in UK gilt yields. That's right. Uh, and that raised some concerns about the viability of UK pension funds. And we saw a sharp drop in the pound 
as well. So there are a lot of issues there. They've wound back, but you're still expecting the Bank of England to really, I'm just looking at your forecast here, to take the bank rate quite high. Yeah, to over 5%. Wow. That just goes to show just yep. how big these um, spending increases and tax cuts are. Yeah, and really the importance of fiscal policy and monetary policy working together. So we have the Australian budget in two weeks' time, so we'll be watching that eagerly. All reports are at this stage is that we will see fiscal policy and monetary policy continue to work together here in Australia, which should make the Reserve Bank's job easier here. So I think we might have left uh, the most challenging economy to last rather than saving the best for last, but, but the outlook for Europe does remain very, very poor. That's right. It's really a, a question of how deep is the recession going to be and how long uh, is it going to last? Uh, the Eurozone, they are very dependent on uh, Russian gas. Those supplies have been cut off significantly uh, and that has increased the price of energy, not just in Europe but actually globally. But, yeah. but uh, Europe's got the problem of trying to find supply. Yeah. So look, households uh, purchasing power has been cut significantly and businesses uh, are really struggling to find alternate supplies. So it's, it's a very troubling outlook for the eurozone economy and at the same time the european central bank have started lifting interest rates as well that's right i mean they've actually increased interest rates uh, above zero wow and, and they're going to go up um mat materially more uh, nowhere near as high as in the united kingdom given the given the starting yeah. point uh, but it's 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 going to be a very uh, difficult couple of years for europe so not, not just this year, but for, I think for the next few years. Certainly an interesting time. Joe. thanks for taking through the outlook. I'm not sure if it's made me more uncertain or uh, more worried about how we're going to uh, analyse all these economies and Australia over the next 12 months. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Belinda. Now, you can read Joseph Caperso and his team's report. Uh, on the global economy heads for recession, uh, which was also authored by Carol Kong and Christina Clifton on the 5th of October 2022 on combankresearch.com.au.